The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Governor Glenn Youngkin's office has rejected VPM News' public record request to see his calendar. At a press conference yesterday, Virginia Democrats accused Youngkin of hiding information and said they're going to file their own inquiry. Ben Pavier has more. From Wyoming to Michigan, media reports indicate Governor Youngkin spent some of his summer fundraising and campaigning for Republicans. VPM News asked to see his calendar for three weeks in July to learn more about his activities. But his office rejected that inquiry, citing a law related to working papers of the governor. At a press conference put on by the Democratic Party of Virginia, Delegate Marcus Simon said they'll file their own request to shed light on Youngkin's possible presidential ambitions. I mean, I think Virginians really want to know did we elect a governor or did we just uh, put somebody on the next step for, you know, on his own political ladder? Simon says they'll ask to see Youngkin's travel schedule and invoices for security services. Democrat Tim Kaine faced similar questions about his national travels during his term as governor. Ben Pavier, VPM News. A spokesperson for Governor Youngkin told VPM News that he pays for his own political travel and dismissed Democrats' move as a, quote, baseless partisan attack. The Richmond Redevelopment and Housing Authority has a new CEO. Stephen Nesmith starts his new post October 1st. According to RRHA, Nesmith grew up in a public housing community. Nesmith currently serves as CEO of Capital Mortgage and Financial Services, LLC, an advisory firm providing legal counsel to housing authorities, developers, banks, and more. The position has been vacant since March of 2020 when the former RRHA CEO Damon Duncan stepped down. Racial justice protests in 2020 bolstered calls for civilian oversight of Richmond police. A community task force first made recommendations a year ago, but it's been a slow process. As Jad Khalil reports, changes are coming in the form of a new proposal. If Richmond created a civilian review board, it would oversee complaints against city police officers from outside the department. Mayor LeVar Stoney first introduced legislation to create a review board in March, but he withdrew it in July. When amendments are too substantial, the city attorney sometimes requires writing a whole new ordinance. The mayor spokesperson told VPM News that city council wanted to collaborate on changes. City council member Catherine Jordan says that's an ideal workflow. But now we're at a time where we need to take that process, take the public input, um, and move forward with something that can be share with the public for their comment and feedback and then vote it on. The changes include removing a board member selected by the Richmond police chief. Instead, the board would be split evenly between appointees picked by the mayor and city council. Jad Khalil, VPM News. The Hanover County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to block the expansion of a landfill in Ashland's historic Brown Grove community. Some of the area's environmental justice advocates say it's a step in the right direction. The Ashcake Road landfill is a waste disposal facility that currently spans 232 acres. The landfill is now expected to close in the coming years because county supervisors did not extend its services agreement. 
Brown Grove residents have voiced concerns about the proposed expansion due to its proximity to the majority black neighborhood founded in the Reconstruction era as a freedmen's colony. This month, Virginia's Environmental Agency will start gathering data on air quality in two historically black neighborhoods in Norfolk and Newport News. Ryan Murphy from partner station WHRO has more. Trains piled high with coal rumble through Norfolk's Lambert's Point neighborhood all day long and route to the Norfolk Southern Coal Terminal. Many in the neighborhood worry the dust wafting off the trains is coating their lungs and causing health issues. Across the water, Southeast Newport News is in the same boat. The rates of asthma there are twice that of the rest of the city. Lambert's Point resident Charles Corbett says he had to see a doctor after a coughing fit. I told the doctor, I said, man, my mucus tastes like coal dust. There's never been a large-scale study of the air quality in either of these historically black neighborhoods. Virginia's Department of Environmental Quality got a half-million-dollar grant two years ago to study air quality in the neighborhoods. Grace Holmes is the department's environmental justice coordinator for Tidewater. She says the pandemic delayed the rollout, but the air monitors will go up this month. That data will be provided to the Virginia Department of Health, and they will produce a health risk assessment. Holmes notes coal dust isn't the only air quality concern the monitors will measure. Both neighborhoods border high traffic roads or highways. That was Ryan Murphy reporting. About half of all Virginia college graduates accrue some sort of debt before graduation. But under a new proposal from the White House, nearly 400,000 Virginians could become debt-free. The state student loan advocate Scott Kemp says most Virginia borrowers owe less than $20,000. He told partner station WHRO that many of those people are students who never finished their degrees. It's really going to help them kind of get a fresh start, get back on their feet and either go back to school or, you know, be able to reassess where their finances are and move forward. VPM News posed a question to the community last week. How would student loan forgiveness affect your life? Dozens of people responded online and several recorded their thoughts. Here are some of their perspectives. Hi, my name is Jeremy. I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia, and I'm calling in response to your question about how student loan forgiveness will affect me. I'm grateful for $10,000 in forgiveness, but it's not a huge amount for my situation. I have about $160,000 in loans. My wife has about $60,000. I know in my case, it started out as around $100,000 in loans. I've been on income-based repayments and started to make payments in 2013. Hi, this is Christine in Fairfax County. The student loan forgiveness will be a huge boost for me. Seth Nichols, my response is that the student loan forgiveness would not help me. I've paid my loans off versus investing that money that I ended up spending on my loans. It makes me a little upset. I wish I hadn't paid them back because I'd be much richer than just having the $10,000 in my pocket. Right now, had I, say, invested in the stock market with that $10,000, I'd probably have $20,000. So, in the end, it helps me zero. I currently make about 60% area median income, which means I do not qualify for rental assistance, but I do qualify for estate programs for first-time homebuyers. 
So forgiving my student loan will really improve my credit worthiness, meaning that I will qualify for better home mortgage rates and I can start saving a little more for that down payment. And while I love my landlord, I really would prefer to be a homeowner for my two kids and I to have a place for ourselves. I'm more excited about forgiveness for loans that were dispersed at under $12,000 after 10 years of income-based payments. Um, because I didn't consolidate my undergraduate loans, that forgiveness might end up totaling around $40,000 and would be a nice Christmas present uh, next year for me. Uh, but between the legal challenges that are probably going to show up and a general lack of trust and how these loans have been administered, I'm not really holding out any hope I'll see any kind of real relief before I reach my 25 years of making payments towards my graduate degree. I also don't see how any of this fixes the root cause of the issue, which is that the cost of higher education is outpacing inflation and there's an overall decrease in funding for public schools at the state level. This piece was put together by VPM's newscast editor, Sarah McCluskey. Learn more about how other Virginians will be affected by student loan forgiveness at vpm.org. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. We'll be off on Monday for the Labor Day holiday, and we'll be back with a new episode on Tuesday morning. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.